Democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. The only wrong thing to say is to say Avoiding nothing. The catastrophic climate breakdown is to do the seemingly impossible. We go into a national lockdown, which is tough enough. And yet that is what we have to do. With every jab that goes into George our arms, life matter, and Breonna Taylor's life mattered, and Philando Castile's life mattered, and Tamir Rice's something's gone wrong life here. mattered. So what's the Prime Minister going to do about it? Hello and welcome to the weekly news in brief from Sherlux. It's Thursday the 4th of February and here are your main stories this week. The Health Secretary has urged the public to stay at home in areas where mass testing for the South African COVID-19 variant is underway. His advice comes after the discovery of several new variant cases triggered the rollout of surge testing in eight postcodes across England. The new cases have been found in people with no clear travel links to South Africa, prompting concern the mutation might already be spreading in communities. Doorstep testing, home tests and mobile testing units have been sent to the affected postcodes in Hertfordshire, Surrey, Kent, Walsall and Sefton and to the London boroughs Merton, Haringey and Ealing to try and prevent it from spreading further. The Health Secretary has also deployed extra testing to Bristol and Liverpool after more mutations were found in the cities. While the South African variant is not believed to be more deadly than others, it is more contagious. On Tuesday, Public Health England, or PHE, said testing of another variant first found in Kent showed it might be undergoing a similar mutation to that seen in the South African strain. The mutation, called E484K, may help the virus evade the immune system's antibodies and reduce the effectiveness of vaccines. However, PHE has made clear that jabs will still provide a good level of immunity, while Oxford scientists say an updated vaccine against new variants on the virus should be ready by October. The UK passed its latest vaccination milestone on Wednesday when the number of Brits given their first dose of the jab topped 10 million. If the current pace of the scheme is kept up, it could see everyone in the top nine priority groups offered a first dose by early April. Further positive news came this week in the form of new research showing a single dose of the Oxford vaccine prevents two thirds of COVID-19 transmissions. Previously, scientists were uncertain as to whether the vaccine could reduce the virus's spread. The findings also support the government's decision to delay giving second doses of the jab for up to 12 weeks, with results showing that the vaccine is more effective overall if the second dose is delayed from 28 days to 90. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson has defended his decision to leave the UK's borders open to some travellers. Under current plans, Brits returning to the UK from 30 red-list countries will have to quarantine in government-monitored hotels. The Prime Minister has insisted it is not practical to shut Britain's borders to all countries in order to protect against virus variants. At present, England's lockdown rules look set to remain in place until at least the 8th of March, after which point the government hopes to begin reopening schools. In Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon has extended the country's lockdown until the end of this month. The First Minister said she hoped to begin gradually reopening schools from the 22nd of February, with wider restrictions potentially eased from early March. International Trade Secretary Liz Truss said ministers in England would be taking decisions on a week-by-week basis and insisted it was too soon to discuss when lockdown rules might be eased. Scientific modelling by Warwick University has indicated relaxing measures too quickly after vulnerable people are vaccinated could lead to a further wave of infections and deaths come autumn. On Wednesday, 19,202 COVID-19 cases were recorded in the UK and 1,322 people were confirmed to have died. Germany and France threatened to take legal action against AstraZeneca this week over delays to its promised COVID-19 vaccine supplies. Production problems at the pharmaceutical company's European plants have delayed the EU's vaccine rollout, triggering a major row over jab stocks. 
The bloc has raised concerns that supplies may have been diverted from Europe to the UK after AstraZeneca chief Pascal Sorio insisted he was contractually obliged to provide Britain with 100 million doses ahead of other agreements. The bloc has since introduced a new export rule requiring vaccine makers to seek authorisation on any doses leaving the EU, as well as demanding records for the last three months of exports. On Sunday, ministers in France and Germany warned the EU could pursue penalties against AstraZeneca if the firm was found to have given priority to UK vaccine orders. Later that day, it was finally agreed that AstraZeneca would supply 9 million more doses by March. However, the 40 million doses now expected are still roughly half of what the EU had hoped for. In the UK, International Trade Secretary Liz Truss has confirmed there will be no disruption to Britain's vaccine supplies as a result of the EU row. We can absolutely guarantee our programme of delivery of the vaccine, she told the BBC. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has since looked to cast doubt on the UK's vaccine approval process. Defending the EU's strategy this week, von der Leyen suggested the UK had compromised on safety requirements in its race to authorise jabs. She told reporters, yes, Europe left it later, but it was the right decision. I remind you that a vaccine is the injection of an active biological substance into a healthy body. It is a gigantic responsibility. Her remarks risk encouraging anti-vax campaigners who claim the jabs have been rushed out. As of Tuesday, more than 14% of adults in the UK had received a dose, compared with 2.8% of adults in the EU. The UK's medicines regulator has emphasised that it's assessed vaccine data in the shortest time possible without compromising the thoroughness. In UK news, Captain Sir Tom Moore's family has paid tribute to the 100-year-old veteran following his death on Tuesday, saying the last year of our father's life was nothing short of remarkable. Moore made headlines last spring when he undertook a sponsored walk ahead of his 100th birthday, raising almost £39 million for NHS charities. He was later knighted by the Queen for his fundraising efforts. On Sunday, he was admitted to Bedford Hospital after testing positive for COVID-19 last week. He had been unable to have a vaccination against the virus due to treatment he had been receiving for pneumonia over the past few weeks. Moore's daughters, Hannah and Lucy, confirmed his death on Tuesday and thanked NHS staff for the extraordinary care he had received. They said he'd been in so many hearts for just a short time. He was an incredible father and grandfather and he will stay alive in our hearts forever. On Wednesday night, Boris Johnson led the country in a national clap to celebrate the veterans' life and the frontline medics he raised money for. Dozens of tributes have also been left outside Moore's home in Bedfordshire. Northern Ireland's Agricultural Ministry has halted checks on goods arriving from Britain. Police said inspections of food and animal products, which are required under new Brexit rules, would be paused amid an upsurge in sinister and menacing behaviour. The threat is believed to come from loyalist groups who oppose the Northern Ireland Protocol introduced to avoid a hard border with the Republic of Ireland. Workers have been removed from Larne and Belfast ports for their own safety amid the tension. A spokesman for the Agriculture Ministry said the situation will be kept under review and in the meantime full document checks will continue to be carried out as usual. On Wednesday, Boris Johnson told MPs he would do anything to ensure there is no barrier down the Irish Sea, including override the Brexit deal. After meeting with Northern Irish First Minister Arlene Foster on Wednesday, Johnson said the government would not hesitate to trigger Article 16 of the protocol to avoid a trade barrier. Article 16 allows the UK or the EU to act unilaterally in the event of serious economic, social or environmental difficulties on the island of Ireland. The government has already asked the EU for an extension to the grace period, allowing for reduced paperwork requirements between Britain and Northern Ireland. Foster has warned such an extension would only be a sticking plaster solution to the trade problems. 
Greater Manchester Police has launched an investigation after Manchester United players face racist abuse on social media. Striker Marcus Rashford was the latest player subjected to the abuse on Instagram following the squad's nil-nil draw with Arsenal on Saturday. He described the messages as humanity and social media at its worst. His teammates Axel Zwanzerbe and Anthony Martial are believed to have faced similar abuse. In a statement on Sunday, Greater Manchester Police said it had been made aware of racist messages sent to players between Wednesday and Saturday. Facebook, which owns Instagram, has also pledged to investigate. A report from the Institute for Fiscal Studies, or IFS, has warned today's young people risk losing £350 billion in lifetime earnings as a result of school closures. By mid-February, the COVID-19 pandemic will have seen British children lose out on at least six months of classroom schooling. The IFS has warned this loss of learning is likely to lead to lower qualifications for affected children and will eventually result in lower incomes during their careers. The report estimates that over 50 to 60 years, this combined earnings loss will reach £350 billion. Even in the case that teachers and parents managed to mitigate three quarters of missed classroom time, the lost earnings will still amount to £90 billion. The IFS has urged ministers to come up with radical plans to address the issue, including the option for allowing almost 9 million children to repeat a year of schooling. On Wednesday, the Prime Minister announced a new education task force to oversee a one-to-one tuition programme aimed at helping disadvantaged children catch up. Boris Johnson has released a further £300 million to fund catch-up tutoring and appointed Sir Kevin Collins, former Chief of the Education Endowment Fund, to lead the task force. A long-awaited review into the economic importance of nature was published in the UK on Tuesday. Led by Cambridge University Professor Sapatha Dasgupta, the report found economic prosperity has come at a devastating cost to the environment. The review, which was commissioned by the Treasury in 2019, suggests nature should be recognised as an economic asset and has called for a new measure for sustainable growth to replace gross domestic product. The report makes several other recommendations, including large-scale investment in tackling biodiversity loss and new technologies for creating sustainable food and energy systems. It comes as biodiversity declines at its quickest rate in human history, with roughly 25% of the Earth's plant and animal species now facing extinction. On Wednesday, a new report from the Public Accounts Committee accused the government of making disappointing progress on tackling environmental issues. The report from MPs said the 25-year Environment Plan, which was published in 2018, had failed to set out clear long-term targets or calculate the total cost of delivering them. The Financial Conduct Authority, or FCA, is set to clamp down on buy-now, pay-later firms following an explosion in debt. The use of buy-now, pay-later services, such as Klarna, ClearPay and LayBuy, quadrupled in 2020, with some 5 million shoppers racking up £2.7 billion in purchases. A major review for the FCA has revealed users' spending via such services can easily top £1,000, with few checks on whether repayments are affordable. Christopher Willard, who led the review, said firms misled customers by hiding important information on late payment penalties. Klarna welcomed news of potential regulation on Tuesday and insisted it was very comfortable operating in a regulated environment. The UK has opened a new visa route to almost 3 million people living in Hong Kong. The new pathway to British citizenship is open to those who hold British national overseas status as well as their eligible relatives. People who successfully apply will be able to live, study and work in the UK and can apply for British citizenship once they have been a UK resident for six years. The visa has been offered in response to strict new security laws imposed by China to quash pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. 
Boris Johnson said the new route to the UK would honour the country's profound ties of history and friendship with the people of Hong Kong. Online fashion giant ASOS has signed a deal to buy the Topshop, Topman, Miss Selfridge and Hit brands following the collapse of Sir Philip Green's Arcadia Group last year. ASOS has purchased the brands from Arcadia's administrators for £265 million, with a further £30 million spent on acquiring stock. The company's chief executive, Nick Baton, said we saw this as a compelling opportunity to acquire four really iconic British brands. The deal, which does not include the chain's 70 stores or their 2,500 employees, underlines the trend towards online shopping. ASOS said just 300 employees across design, buying and retail partnerships would transfer to the group. The price of silver surged to an eight-year high on Monday after being swept into a Reddit trading frenzy. Hordes of retail investors, often organising in online Reddit forums, triggered a 1,600% rise in the share price of GameStop last week. The pile-on cost hedge funds who had bet against the struggling retailer billions of dollars. Online chatter has since turned to silver, with some forums suggesting a surge in price could hurt banks that had bet on it falling. On Monday, a flood of investment saw silver prices jump more than 11% in London, pushing it above $30 an ounce for the first time since 2013. However, some analysts say a squeeze on silver will not have the same impact. One said, the market is not only large and difficult to manipulate, unlike with shares, there is no excessive short selling. Prince Harry has accepted an apology and substantial damages from the publishers of the Mail on Sunday and Mail Online. The newspaper and website published an article last October claiming the Duke of Sussex had snubbed the Royal Marines after stepping down as a senior royal. The Duke, who served as an army officer for 10 years, sued their publisher, Associated Newspapers, for libel. His lawyer, Jenny Affia, described the articles as baseless and defamatory. Associated Newspapers has now accepted the allegations were false. It has issued an apology and agreed to pay significant damages, which will be donated by Prince Harry to the Invictus Games Foundation for injured or sick servicemen and women. The Advertising Standards Agency has ruled that social media ads should not use filters to exaggerate the effect of featured products. The decision follows the online hashtag FilterDrop campaign, which called for influencers to make clear when they are using beauty filters in images used to promote skincare or cosmetics. The watchdog looked into two examples where influencers had used filters in video adverts for tanning products. It found that both were likely to have misled consumers by exaggerating the effect the product was capable of achieving. Its ruling will apply to all UK influencers, brands and celebrities. Green Park Chair Trevor Phillips has called on UK companies to diversify their boardrooms after research by the consultancy found there are no black business leaders in the top three jobs, chairman, chief executive or finance chief at FTSE 100 companies. Phillips, who previously headed up the UK's equality watchdog, said talented black workers did not stay at large firms due to fears they would not progress or would be used as window dressing. Overall, Green Park's research found just 10 out of 297 FTSE 100 leaders are from an ethnic minority background. It has warned that chances of improving black representation at the top of UK firms look slim after numbers in the leadership pipeline decreased from 1.4% to 0.9% in 2020. Phillips has urged boards to take responsibility for the lack of diversity, saying they need to look at what they've got, which is essentially a vanilla boys club, and reach out further. Elsewhere in the world, military forces have seized power in Myanmar and detained Aung San Suu Kyi, the leader of the National League for Democracy, or NLD. Suu Kyi was arrested alongside several other politicians on Monday. 
The army has accused the NLD of rigging its landslide win in November's general election and has handed power to its commanding general. Myanmar's Electoral Commission said it had seen no evidence of electoral fraud. The coup was launched just hours before Myanmar's parliament had been due to sit for the first time following the NLD's election win. The poll was largely seen as a referendum vote on the country's fledgling democratic government. The NLD has demanded Suu Kyi's release as soon as possible and called on military leaders to allow Myanmar's new parliament to sit. On Wednesday, police charged Suu Kyi with breaking the country's import and export laws. According to a police document, four illegally imported walkie-talkies were discovered during a search of her home, where she remains under house arrest. She has been remanded in detention until the 15th of February and could face a two-year prison sentence if found guilty. The director of Burma Campaign UK described the alleged charge as farcical, adding the reality is they are jailing her because they remain terrified of her. A group known as the Myanmar Civil Disobedience Movement has already been set up to oppose the military rule. Formed by staff at hospitals across the country, the group said it would refuse to obey orders from the regime and accuse the army of showing no regard for health services in the midst of the pandemic. Several world leaders have also condemned the coup, including US President Joe Biden, who has threatened to reimpose sanctions if the action is not reversed. The takeover returns Myanmar to military rule following just five years of democratic government. The army has previously held Suu Kyi under house arrest for 15 years between 1989 and 2010 as she led the campaign for democracy in Myanmar. However, Suu Kyi's status as an international human rights icon has sunk in recent years after she defended the army's deadly persecution of ethnic Rohingya Muslims. Donald Trump has cut ties with his lawyers less than two weeks before his impeachment trial. A source claimed the departure of Butch Bowers and Deborah Barbier came as a mutual decision following a difference of opinion on the former US president's case. The two lead lawyers were reportedly unwilling to base their defence on claims of election fraud. The last-minute departures are likely to have left Trump's defence preparations in disarray. In a statement on Sunday night, Trump said he had hired David Schoen and Bruce L. Caster to head up a new legal team. The lawyers will have had just eight days to prepare for the impeachment trial, which is due to begin on the 9th of February. Loma Vista recordings dropped Marilyn Manson on Tuesday after actress Rachel Evan Wood claimed he had horrifically abused her. The record label said it had cut ties with Manson and would immediately end promotion of his latest album. Wood, who has previously said she is a survivor of rape and domestic abuse, named Manson as her abuser on Monday. The pair met in 2007 and got engaged before splitting up in 2010. Several other women have since come forward with similar allegations of abuse against Manson. He has denied the claims, describing them as horrible distortions of reality. A British-Iranian academic has escaped Iran after being sentenced to nine years in prison. Kamil Ahmadi was found guilty of cooperating with a hostile state in November, a charge he denies. After spending 100 days in Iran's notorious Evan prison, the social anthropologist was released on bail pending an appeal. It was then that he decided to flee, using mountainous smugglers' routes to cross the border. He described the escape as very dark and very scary, but said he could not face watching his young son grow up from a distance. By the time I would have been released, if I was released, my son would have been 15, he said. Armadi is now living in London. It remains to be seen how Iranian officials will react to news of his escape. And in lighter news, Brits spent £100 million on jigsaw puzzles last year. According to Frederic Tutte, a global industry analyst at Market Researchers MPD, the level of demand for puzzles in 2020 was totally unheard of. Overall, sales jumped 38% as Brits sought out entertainment in lockdown, with many sellers running out of stock during the spring and in the run-up to Christmas. 
Toot said, manufacturers have said to us, you could sell anything, even a white image. Iconic artists have joined forces with British galleries and museums to launch the UK's largest ever art exhibition. With most galleries closed under lockdown rules, artists such as Ai Weiwei and Sir Anthony Gormley have teamed with venues including the Tate and National Gallery to encourage the public to create their own nationwide exhibition displayed in people's front windows. The Great Big Art Exhibition will run until April and hopes to fight back against the gloom of the pandemic. And finally, three women have made Golden Globes history after being nominated for Best Director. This year's awards have recognised Emerald Fennell for her film Promising Young Woman, Regina King for One Night in Miami and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. The shortlist represents the first time more than one woman has ever been up for the Director Prize. Winners will be announced at a ceremony on the 28th of February. Thank you.